some people are hooked up to the wrong vine and that's why they're not producing as Christians. Wrong information will produce wrong results. Misrepresentation of who Jesus is and you don't have true salvation. Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Glory to God. All right, so let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you for this opportunity to share your word. I pray that you would think through my mind, speak to my lips. I pray that you would grant unto me your son and your slave supernatural divine utterance, that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. May lives be forever eternally changed for your glory. Pray this prayer. Say, Father, grant unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of my understanding may be enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of your inheritance and the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards me who believes in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. All right. So we're going to share some things. Um, we are supposed to finish up 2 Timothy chapter 4. Um, I just I kind of sense a different direction. So we're just going to go with God. So let's go to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. We're going we're gonna to talk about eternal fruit or if uh, kind of what I shared last week at, a, uh, at Pastor Evans Church, um, the fruitful Christian. If I say the fruitful, the fruitful Christian. Christian, John 15. Um, I was all prepared. I got my, my points from 2 Timothy chapter 4, but I believe that God wants us to hear a little bit what I shared last week and um, some more. Charles Spurgeon, who was who's considered to be the, the, the prince of preachers, he actually said, you haven't preached a message until you've preached it 50 times. The same message. Uh, I'm not quite there, but, um, <laughs> but it's all good. So we're, we're going to look at being um, the fruitful Christian. Do you know that there are some Christians who don't produce? Um, how many people have been saved for like a month? Raise your hand if you've only been saved for a month. One month. What about two months, three months, six months, a year? Uh, don't be ashamed. Raise your hands high. Uh, two years, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years. Go back. Okay, 15, 20. 25, <laughs> 30, 35, 40, what was that, 10 years, 13 years, you've been saved 13 years, you, you're 13, right? <laughs> Give it up for Jeremiah, he got saved, he's the only one who got saved at birth, <laughs> 40 years. <coughs> 40 years right here. 
39 years. Uh, 50 years. Who, okay. Wow. All right. So um, just because you've been saved for a long time or a short amount of time doesn't mean you produce some fruit. There's a, there's a lot of, there's some Christians who are unfruitful. They're not producing anything. So we're going to take a look at this. Um, I've been thinking about this quite some time. And I believe that the Lord wants us to talk about this, and then we'll, we'll go to 2 Timothy as we talk about the cohort of faith in a couple of weeks. The fruitful Christian. When you plant something, you expect it to what? And if it doesn't grow, what, what's happening? Something's wrong, right? Okay, so we, if you have a, a baby and the baby does not grow and develop, something is wrong. There are some Christians who have... They receive Christ, but they haven't developed and grow. Something's wrong with that. So let's go to John chapter 15, verse 1. Let's take our time and look at these eight verses, and then I'll let you out before the Baptists get to the buffet. One, verse 1, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. We know that this is the words of Jesus because what? It's, it's in red, all right? In my Bible, it's not. <laughs> uh, I'm the true vine. So Jesus is the true vine. The father is the vine dresser. What, what, is, what does a vine dresser do? They actually um, prep it for it to grow some more. And we need to see Jesus correctly. We, we don't see him correct, correctly. We actually see him through the lens of a Western view, but we need to see him through the lens of a biblical view, that the fact that Jesus was both divine and human. He's 100% God and 100% man. There is no one like Jesus. He was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life. He had some bad thoughts that came to his mind, but he didn't meditate on it. The sin is not that the bad thought came, but the sin is to meditate on it. I told you sometimes, well, not now, I'm not confessing that. And sometimes in the past, I'll, I'll be with a group, a cohort of pastors, and all of a sudden, a pastor would get on my nerves, and I had a thought, hit him, hit him. <laughs> and I would have this thought. I'm like, what, what has happened? There's too much mafia movies, by the way. I was watching BMF or what, all that stuff. <clears throat> so I was just like, it was like, hit him. I was like, no, 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 this is the devil. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so we need to meditate on the right stuff. And so Jesus had thoughts, but he didn't meditate on it. Um, he is the mediator. He's the intercessor. He's the only one holy in Israel. Let's look at verse two. So we see I'm the true vine and my father's the vine dresser. There's some people that are hooked up to the wrong vine. And that's why they're not producing as Christians. Wrong information will produce wrong results. Wrong misrepresentation of who Jesus is and you don't have true salvation. There's some people who got the wrong Jesus. But we, wanna, we want the right Jesus, the biblical Jesus, the historical Jesus, the Jesus who died over 2,000 years ago, who was born of a, of a virgin by the name of Mary, who's no longer a virgin. She, got, she was married to Joseph and had many brothers. Jesus had many brothers and sisters, so her virginity got lost after Jesus was born, and she got married to Joseph. So let's not, rep, let, you know, some people are praying to Virgin Mary. I, that's wrong because you got the wrong Mary. 
And then Mary got born again and went into the upper room and got filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues and was part of a church called Ephesus, who Timothy actually served as his as her pastor at one point. Amen. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Let's, let's look at this. Let's look at this. It is, it, is, it is possible to be an unfruitful Christian. Pastor Brad talked about following the call of God. There are some Christians who are following their calling, not the call of God on their lives. Unfruitful. Imagine that a Christian who doesn't produce fruit for the glory of God. It's like a tree that doesn't, does, does not do what it was created to do. We have to examine ourselves. Um, a Christian who doesn't produce, the Bible says he takes away. What good are you to the Lord if you're not producing? We're going to talk about what, what, what is it he is expecting us to produce. If you're not producing in the kingdom of God, then he's going to take you away. What good are you in the master's hand if, if, if he can't have his way in you? Think about the potter and the clay. The potter puts the clay on his wheel and, and begins to work and make it in the design that he wants it. But if the clay is unteachable and hardens and doesn't yield to the potter, he just takes it and throws it away. I don't want to be thrown away in the kingdom of God. It's, it's possible for you to be saved, but yet not usable for God. What good are you to your, let me, I got a couple of questions. What good are you to your family? Some people are, are, are a, a part of a, a family, but they're no good to their family. They don't help their family. Um, what are you good? What are you, are you, what good are you to your employer or employees? If you're not producing, people pay you based on what you what produce, right? They pay you based on your um, marketplace value. So what are you bringing to the table? If a teacher does not do her job or his job, then they'll let her go, him go. What good are you to your church if you're not producing? Uh, way before I was in ministry, I served faithfully all of my pastors. I served as their armor bearer. I was the usher. I was the sound man. I was the youth leader, youth pastor, janitor, encourager. I tithed faithfully. I brought people to church on a regular basis. I tried to fill up just about every church that I was ever a part of. Producing, right? We're producing. Um, God would not promote you if you're not doing anything with, his, with the grace that he's given you. So you got to use what you got, <laughs> Sometimes people won't want what somebody else has, but you got to use what you have, what God has given you. In Philemon, it actually says we need to acknowledge the good things that God has given us inside of us. So acknowledge the good things that God has placed inside of you and develop that. There's a parable that talks about the, the many talents, the, the talents that he's given to different individuals. But he, he expects everybody that has been given something to produce something for him. And if you don't, then what good are you to him? Yet he still loves you. He still forgives you. He still is there for you. And doesn't mean that you're going to hell because you don't produce. It's just that you won't receive a reward. There's some who will be weeping and gnashing as believers because they, are not produ they haven't produced anything. 
And then it says, for those that are producing, he says he's going to prune you. If you're not being pruned, you can't produce more. So don't look at what you have produced as, ah, I've arrived. Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind, leaving those things which are behind and pressing forward towards the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. There's more you can do. Amen. So thank God for what you did yesterday. Thank God for what you did last month and even last year or even a decade. But what are you doing now? God is a present tense God, right? It's now, right now. Faith is now. Now faith is, right? It's present tense. It's not past tense. What are you doing now? Are you producing now? And it says that every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes that it might bear more fruit. So God wants to prune you if you're producing. And if you're not producing, he wants to get you to the place where you are producing. The good news, you can start today. Today, you can start producing as a Christian. All right. That went over pretty well. Verse three. It says, already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. So we cannot produce fruit if we're not in constant contact with the Jesus of the Bible. It is from our, it is, it is from that place. The word cleanses us. The Lord uses his word to prune us. Are you with me? God uses his word. If I had the sword that's upstairs, I would bring the sword down. God takes the sword, and He, which is the word, he cleanses us through the word. So the way he's going to prune you, he's not going to prune you by putting you through sickness and disease. Sickness and disease is from the devil. So God does not bring sickness and disease to your life to make you holy. Because I know a lot of people who are sick and not holy. They cussing at the end. They like you blank, 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 <laughs> and they sick. So sickness does not produce godly character. Neither do trials, because the Bible says um, he reigns on the just and the unjust. And everybody goes through trials. Right? Y'all know that, right? Everybody go through some deaths, some griefs. How many had some deaths in your family, or in your loved ones, or your friendships? All right. And the older you get, the more you'll see deaths. So get, 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 get a handle on how to handle death. Death is the norm. Yeah, yeah. Parents, grandparents, relatives, loved ones. Come on. You're going to experience some death, but God expects you to overcome. Overcome grief. Overcome depression. Christians who, who glorify their depression. A Christian can be depressed too. Well, welcome to the world. Christian can get sick too, because there was a young man in 2 Timothy chapter 4 that Paul left at a certain city who was sick, and yet God used him in healing. Apostle Paul. So there, there's, there's, it's not that God hasn't provided healing for everybody, it's everybody's not going to receive healing. All right, let's continue. The Lord uses his word to prune us. He causes his word to go, go to the root of us. And to pull out all the junk that's inside of us. He changes us through his word. He does not change us through circumstances. He gives you opportunities through circumstances, but he changes us through his word. As you apply the word, then change happens. Let's look at verse 5. 4, I mean. Abide in me, and I in what? You, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. We cannot produce 
fruit if we're not in, I said this earlier, constant contact with Jesus. It's from our union with Father God through Jesus Christ that we're able to produce fruit. Staying connected to the source will cause us to produce fruit. There's some people who are not connected to the source. Jesus is the source. So if you're not spending time with God on a daily, then you cannot expect to produce anything. From your union with God through Jesus comes fruit. I've never seen a man or a woman who are in, who's in daily contact with Jesus who's not producing something. If you're not producing, if you're spending time with God and you're still not producing, then you're doing it wrong. Let's talk about how you spend time with God, right? How do, you, how do you connect to the source? Through prayer, through these means of grace called spiritual disciplines. If you're reading the Bible and yet the Bible is not changing you, you're reading it wrong. You need to, not only should we read the Bible, the Bible should be reading us. The more I allow the word to read me, the more I will produce. I'm connected to the source. We, you think about these lights right here. You think about they're connected to some kind of source. That There's a strip here, and it's connected to what? PSNG, right? So if the source, if, I'm not, if it's not connected to the source, we could be in this building, but it could be dark. There's some Christians who are in the dark because they're not connected to the source. They're not producing anything. You got to get connected to the source. Amen? Say, I got to get connected to the source. It is through Jesus we only will produce something worthy of his glory. It is only through Jesus. Jesus says, you can do nothing. And there's some people who are trying to live the Christian life without Jesus. Without Jesus. It's called religion. Verse 5. I am the vine. Y'all want me to unpack that a little bit. Religion. Okay, uh, not biblical religion, but, but, but this type of religion that legalism let me let me clean the fish before I catch it. Let, 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 me, let me put on an appearance. I know some people who say all the right stuff. They look apart. They look like they belong to God, but they got wrong attitudes. Got mad, they mean as the devil. I've never seen a godly person that's mean all the time. If you're really godly, then your attitude should be Jesus. Jesus is the attitude. Don't tell me you spend eight hours in prayer and yet you still mean towards your loved ones. Something is wrong. Cussing Christians. Let me not look at people. Smoking Christians. Fornicating Christians. <laughs> I'm a Christian. Really? Uh, you're saved, but you're not producing anything. I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church. Uh, I'm connected to the head, but not the body. Religion. If you're, not, if you're not connected, if you want to overcome sin, the Bible says this, gives us a solution of overcoming sin. It says this, that drinking Christians, let's talk about drinking Christians. Uh, my liberty, as a Christian, I surrender my liberties. I give my all to Jesus. My I, I, won't, I won't defile my body because Jesus lives inside of me. I, I protect my eyes from porn. 
because Jesus lives inside of me. I protect my ears from gossip because Jesus lives inside of me. Um, it's not always going to be a pretty message. If it's not bringing conviction, it's not bringing, then it's, you're not, you're, you listen to the wrong word. God is not going to tell you how much he loves you all the time. He loves you, John 3, 16, look at that. But he also, the one that he loves, he corrects. So if there's no correction, there's, there's no true love. Because you can't tell me you love your son or your daughter and let your son and daughter do whatever they want to do. You're a wrong parent. Diapers need to take that child from you. Right? The world sees fit. Like, you're not, a fit, you're not fit to be a parent. So God would not be fit to be a parent if he allows us, gives us everything that we want. And give us over to our desires. That, that, that's called judgment. That, 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 that's, that's called giving over to a reprobate mind. We, want, we, don't want to give, we don't want God to give us everything we want. We, Lord, let your will be done. We're praying today, Lord, let your will be done. Lord, be God to us. We, we were going in about the Godhood of God, of God. Be God to us. And in the middle of, the, of me praying such fervent prayer, I heard, then surrender to me. If you want God to be God, you got to surrender to him. You got to yield to him. Yield your life. Yield your mind. Yield your ears. Live, yield every part of you to him if you want him to be God to you. I'm telling you, if you want God's best, how many of y'all want God's best? You got to give him your best. I give you my heart. But he doesn't stop there. He wants your soul. He wants your mind. He wants your hands. He wants your body. He wants every part of you. There's not one part of you that God doesn't want. He wants your friends. He wants your television shows. He, he wants every part of you. I'm not saying you, you got to be super dumb. I know y'all heard Pastor Brad talk about how stoic, so stoic I was, like just really serious. I was real serious. Y'all would, I, this church would be empty by now. I, I would have, oh, we're going to pray. We're going to pray eight hours, and then I'm going to preach another three hours, and then we're going to fast the whole year. <laughs> <laughs> that sound about right <laughs> and you're not going to listen to secular music and you're not going to listen you know, I love Whitney Houston you're not going to listen to Whitney the greatest love of all is that you lay down your life not loving yourself <laughs> that's the old PD <laughs> never too much Luther <laughs> thank God you don't have to cry Renee and Angela alright uh, sorry um, <laughs> producing let's do verse 5 I am the true vine, you are the branches, and whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Reminds me of Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. As simple as that statement is, many people don't understand the application of that. No Jesus, no fruit. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have fruit. I'm, not talking, about, I'm talking about not just being saved, but being connected to Jesus. Having Jesus live his life through us. Producing fruit. Let's look at verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. Verse 7. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask what you, whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. What a wonderful, wonderful promise. Useless in the kingdom of God. There's some people unfit. There's some vessels who are 
of honor and dishonor, are you usable to the Holy Spirit? Will you produce fruit that will outlast you? It's going to be a sad day for many believers who will stand before the Lord and realize that they miss opportunities to produce. The word of God, I said this last week, the word of God abides in us to the extent that we live it. If you're not living it, then it does not abide in you. It It doesn't matter how much word you know in your mind, but how much do you live? It doesn't doesn't matter how many scriptures you can quote and confess. What do we see in your life? Are you a living epistle? Do you bear the marks of Jesus on our soul? Can we see Jesus in your smile, in your disappointments? Can we see Jesus in your marriage? Can we see Jesus in your singleness? Can we see Jesus on your job? Can we see Jesus everywhere you go? I'm not impressed with people quoting scriptures and how much they know. I'm like, okay, praise God. (laughs) And neither should you be impressed. I was actually, um, had an opportunity, I was in a lift yesterday, and a young man, um, he was, just had questions about God and so forth, and I gave him scriptures, and I shared some things with him. And the wonderful thing about it is, I said, can I pray for you before you drop me off to my destination? He said, yes. So he pulled over. I think he pulled over in a handicap. <laughs> Sin. <laughs> Somebody missed the parking lot, parking space because of this guy. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we were only there for a couple minutes. The OPD, we would have been there for an hour. We've been tearing for the Holy Ghost and everything. Yo, you're going to get filled now. Don't worry about the, the next trip. The Lord will make up the difference. <laughs> Um, so I prayed with him about two minutes at the max, and God came in that car. God touched that man and touched me. And I said to him, if I don't see you on this side of heaven, we'll talk about this moment here. And he smiled. I said, get, you, get yourself in the church. Then I, I went to AAA, and the lady was talking to me. And I don't, I don't tell people what I do, you know. People are like, what do you, what do, you do for that? I'm a communicator. I speak to people. No, I, I'm just kidding. Um, but I, I, I said, I'm a pastor. She said, oh, okay, praise God, praise God. I was going to a church before the pandemic. I said, why aren't you going back? Um, you know, the pastor retired, you know, and I said, okay. He said, but there's, a, there's an opening. Can you come and pastor? I said, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. And she said, well, if you ever pastor, you come back and you say, get, you come back and you tell me, get your A back in the church because I'm a pastor. I was like, huh? <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, righty. I said, well, you still need to go to church. <laughs> Whether I'm the pastor or not, you, need, you still need to go to church. And, but everywhere we go, we should be producing fruit through prayer and acts of kindness, a smile, I mean, these things will help people. We should add to the human race. Um, This morning, between last night and this morning, I woke up praying for the young lady who got kidnapped. I was calling out, and I said, Spirit of the living God, uh, influence the, the, um, the, the, the authorities. Let them find this woman. And God, I pray for her protection. And even and I, this is what I've caught myself praying. Any ounce of word that she she knows, I pray that she'll that the Holy Spirit will pull on that knowledge, 
that she would call on Jesus. God, and I began to weep and cry for this woman. She's found. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm telling you, we, we should pray and add, that's, a, that's, that's producing fruit. Our prayers, our lifestyle, being fruitful, even if it's just bringing somebody a smile. You know, that, that can change the mood. I, I, I hate going to places like restaurants and they have an attitude. And sometimes I just like, oh, you ain't getting a tip. <laughs> but then I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, let's sow some seeds. Let's give them a big tip. Now, I heard uh, a mentor that is from afar. I never got a chance to meet him. And he, he actually said that some of, the, some of the things you should do is give them a tip before, at the beginning. You know, say, hey, I want to treat my lady to a nice time. Here's some extra money. Serve me well. I haven't got there yet. <laughs> it sounds good. <laughs> um, but we, we want to produce. We want to produce. It says, if, if, you, if, we does not, we, if, he, if he does not abide in us and us in him, we're not going to produce anything. Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, and we talked about that, thrown into the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, and we talk about the word abiding in us. Galatians chapter 4, verse 16, it says, let the words of Christ dwell in you richly. There's some Christian who are poor in the word. They have a poverty level of the word. Poverty level is, is it, you just know enough, but you're not living anything. But if the abundance, abundance of word, let the words of Christ dwell in you richly, that means you have it to, to, the, to, to, the, to the degree that you're walking by it. It governs your life. It governs your decisions. That's, that's abundant living. Y'all thought abundant living was having a fancy car. That's cute. That's low-level abundance. But real abundance, true riches, is to have that, that, that sanctified life, that life set apart for God. Oh, he's your God and you are his people, and you walk with him, and you talk with him, and you pray, and you get your prayers answered. And when you're disappointed, you still have faith. Amen. When things don't go your way, you still can count on God, say, I trust you, and I still have hope. No matter what's happening, all hell is going through. I'm just going to keep on walking because I can have heaven in the midst of hell. Everybody can be mad at me and desert me, but the Lord is with me. Are you with me? That's the kind of faith. That's the kind of abundance of living. And it says you could ask what you wish. And God will delight to give you prayers because the Bible says that if we walk up rightly before him, he will not withhold any good thing from us. So let's walk upright. You walk, if not upright, you walk like this. There's shame and condemnation. And you're walking around and low level of living, not realizing you're free from this, this life of living. You, you, God, Jesus died so you can live upright. He made you righteous so you can stand up, not out of pride, but out of confidence. And says, God is with me. I know who I am. I'm not confused. Verse 8. Let's look at verse 8. But this, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so prove to be my disciples. By this, how many want to glorify God? Raise your hand. It's by this that God is glorified, the producing fruit. God gets no glory out of, his peace, out of his people not producing fruit. 
God gets no glory. I, I know we say, glorify your name. But the way he is glorified is when you produce fruit and it's like a, a, a sweet aroma. God, you smell good to God. One time I, I was, when I was a youth pastor and um, only, <laughs> when I was youth pastor only, I heard these words. God says, I want, I want you to smell like my holiness. Our lives should be in such a way that it invokes the presence of God and invites the presence of God on our lives that when people think about your name, your name is there's favor and there's, there's holiness on your name. Your name speaks of who you are and your character. You're a person of your word. You do what you say and you mean what you say and you're, you're the real bona fide believer. What a testimony. What a testimony. Jump down to verse 16. I'm almost finished. It says this. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go forth, that you should go and bear bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it you. Notice this. He says, you are ordained. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. I ordained you. I appointed you. I anointed you to go forth and bring forth fruit. People talk about the anointing, but let's talk about anointed life that you're producing fruit. You're connected to the anointed one. So on a daily basis, you are in daily contact with God. Therefore, you're going to produce some fruit. And as you produce fruit, the father is the vine dresser. He purges you and prunes you so you can bring forth more fruit. So um, I heard these words recently. I was praying for um, a couple, and, and, and as, as they were before me, I heard these words, I'm going to shake their world up. And I said, like, oh my. Um, God, as God prunes you, it's going to feel like there's a, that your whole world is going to turn upside down. If God really gets a hold of you, you're not going to be comfortable. He's going to push you out of your comfort zone. Jesus calls us out of our comfort zone. The Jesus that keeps you in your comfort zone is the wrong Jesus. He'll make you speak up when you don't want to speak up. He'll make you, if you're very bold, he'll make you be quiet when you want to speak up. He'll he'll speak to you. He'll he'll call the things that you love the most so you can reorient it or, or refocus your love in the right places. He'll remove your allegiance to somebody else and, and bring it to him. His name is jealous. He's a jealous God. He's jealous of your time. He's jealous. Some of y'all give your friends more credence than God. You give him more, you give your friends more authority than God. And God is calling you, come away. Come away with me, my bride, so I can give you what you need so you can produce some fruit for the Father. The Lord calls us today. He will disturb your sleep. He will invade your dreams. He will visit you. He will make things uncomfortable at your job. He'll mess up your whole relationships with your family. He he says, you know what? If you want to love me, you got to love them less. Uh, uh, you, You love your life. I call you to love less your life, to hate your life. Not to be in love with this present love, this world, but to be in love with the, the world to come. I'm living to live again. I, 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 I'm praying for that great day. He'll switch your prayers from, from your needs to the will of the Father. See, that's a, that's a low level. When you're just praying for your needs, 
You should pray for your needs. But you only spend most of your time praying for your needs and your situation. You have not yet tapped into the real purpose of prayer. There's something greater. We should be praying for the coming of the Lord. My last passage as we end is 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I hope you're getting something out of this. It's totally different than what I had prepared to preach. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I, I was upstairs as, as I departed for, um, to prepare, um, change clothes and so forth, and I, and I put on the song, Speak to My Heart by Dunning McClurkin. And I was like, Lord, what do you want me to do? Why am I feeling this tug? I'm not settled on Second Timothy chapter 4. And, and he's preached about the fruit. I want fruit. Verse 5, let's take a look at this. He says, What then is Apollos, what is Paul, servants through who, whom you believe? as the Lord assigned to each. I planted Apollos water, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. So I plant, somebody else come along and water. What's the difference between planting and watering? Okay, one sense. But planting is you go to a group of people and you've never heard it before. They never heard the gospel. Watering is you heard it, I'm just reinforcing it. But God gives the increase. So many of us have heard the gospel, so I'm not planning. If I was to go to another country or another group of people who's never heard about Jesus, then I'm planning. Watering is strengthening the church. And so Paul says, neither the one who plants or the one who waters is anything, but it's God who gives the growth. I want you to know God got increase on his mind. Amen. Everything he does, he thinks about increase. Let me, t- let me tell you, let me take you there. Jesus was a seed. But he saw beyond killing his only begotten son. He saw many sons and daughters in him. Oh, yeah, yes, he did. He, he planted Jesus in hope of a harvest of souls. A number that no man can number. He gave Jesus for that great multitude. As you plant the word, you know, you cleanse through the word. You plant the word in your heart and you keep watering the word and you keep praying and keep watering it and keep planting it. It's going to grow. That word, you know, um. On this journey of, of y'all, y'all know I've talked about it almost every sermon because, you know, that's what I, my life right now is I'm working out, right? I'm working out, and I couldn't see the results. Oh, I hated it. I, I, it's not like I, I'm enjoying it. Oh, I just love walking up the elliptical. It's, it's, it's hell. I mean, it's just like, oh, God. And if you do it right, um, let me just give you a side note. If you do it right, you're not just doing that, but you're actually putting yourself back, lining your spine up, and you're, you're using your, your thighs. So it, it, burn, it burns. And you're just like, Jesus, oh, God, forgive me for every cookie I ate. Forgive me for every brownie. Forgive me for the sweet potato pies. I repent, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh. All right, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? <clears throat> God, I want to drink another soda in my life. Oh, God, Jesus, forgive me for that juice. I repent for juice. 
Oh God, oh God, oh God, give me a, a nasty taste for juice, God. Oh, put a, just like you did a person who's addicted to cigarettes, make it nasty, make me throw up, God. I mean, I mean, you prayed all these prayers. And then you, after you finish, oh, I think I want something to drink. <laughs> there he goes. God said, you know what? You, you, you draw near with your mouth, but your life says you're far. You want the six pack, but yet you still go to the same donuts. You, you still eating the same stuff that's going to add to your dirty, ungodly habit of eating. <laughs> all right, so, so working out, you're doing this, you're doing boxing, you're doing all these things. And then one day, you, you know, after weeks, <laughs> everybody said weeks. weeks. You didn't get there overnight. You're not going to you're not gonna get to your goals overnight. So it, t- it took you years to get where you are. Yeah. And it's going to take you some time to get where you are where you want to go. And so next thing you look up, like, man, I lost some weight. Oh, I'm looking good. And some people stay right there. God wants more. God wants more. All right. Let's, let's continue real quick. It says, verse 8, he who plants and he who waters are one. Each one, each will receive what? His what? Oh, God is the great employer. Receive his wages according to his labor. God is not going to pay you based on the grace of God through Jesus. He's going to pay you based on your wages according to your labor. Sorry, grace people. <laughs> oh, grace, 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 grace. Grace will make you work harder. Um, as we talked to the young people on Friday, we realized um, there's some books being written. <laughs> So God loves books, he loves words, he's a God of words. And so he, there's an angel or some kind of creature that's writing down everything that you do. That's, that's kind of scary. Um, and then I said, yeah, he knows what's in your DMs. He, he knows your messenger. And I said, some of y'all young people won't even follow me um, on, on Instagram. And then I got two requests. And I'll follow back because I want to know what you're doing. <laughs> Let's see. Well, is Jesus glorified on your pulse? <laughs> and so God is, and then it turns around and says, he's going to reward us for everything we've done in this life. That's scary. Everything that we do in this life, and as the great prophet Mel Gibson said in Braveheart, what you do now will echo in eternity. And so God's going to reward you based on your labor, what you do in this life. And it goes on real quick. Um, according to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation that anyone else who is building upon it, let each one take care of how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than what is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, woods, hay, straw, each one, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive what? If anyone's work is burnt up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Everything that you do in this life will be tested through the Lord's fire as a Christian. And if, if what endures Jesus' fire, you're going to be rewarded based on what survives. 
prophetess Shaka Khan got it right, through the wire, through the fire, all right? So that which we produce will be tested one day. Everything that you do, your attitude towards your kids, test it. Did you do right by your job? Did you do right by your mama and your daddy? Did you do right by your kids? Did you do right by your brothers and your sisters? Did you, come on. Did you do right by yourself? Did you take care of the body that God gave you? You got one body now. You're going to get a glorified body, but right now, are you, are you representing God? The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. And if your body can't act, be, be all that God designed it to be, then you're going to be held accountable for everything that you eat, everything that you don't eat. I'm not, you know, we got into this thing by food. We started with food. And God, guess what? There's, at the great, the, the coming of the Lord, I mean, um, at the great supper, he, we're going to eat food. So this is very much about food. <laughs> y'all thought that y'all was coming. I'm get closer to Jesus. Yeah, watch what you eat for the glory of God. Amen. I know a lot of people don't like that. Oh, no, stay away from that. The, the, the kingdom of God is, is righteousness. It's not meat. <laughs> it's righteousness, joy, and, and the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will teach you how to eat right to get the max out of your body so you can produce more fruit for the glory of God. All right. Um, let, let, let's do this real quick. Let me give you some applications. How do we produce fruits, fruit as a Christian? God expects us to be fruitful Christian, not fruitless and not fruity. Let's clarify that. There's some Christians who are fruity. That, that, you know, it's like the more they pray, the more fruity they get. No, that, that was there before they start praying. It just manifested more as they get in contact with God. Um, God, don't want us, God wants us to be peculiar, but not, not crazy. We don't. Listen, if you go around and you, it's like going to, to a restaurant and you just get up and start speaking in tongues in front of everybody. They should lock you up. <laughs> I speak in tongues a whole lot. But, but you, that's not, that's what the mask was for. <laughs> hey, hey, how you doing? <laughs> you know, that's different. Uh, but, oh, or you get up and you say, listen, you're going to hell in front of the, the, um, the whole restaurant. Lock that joker up. I mean, I, I got the, wrong, the yeah the right message, but you don't know how to deliver it right, or the right timing. So, so God expects us to use our minds. All right, let me give you these five applications. Um, I'm gonna go backwards. Let's do backwards. Right motivation, right motives. Excuse me, right motives. James says we have not because we ask not, and when we do ask, we don't ask from a place of a pureness. Right motives. Why do we do what we do? I want to shout out to all the volunteers of all the, all, every church. God bless every volunteer because you're not doing it for money. And for those who work for the church, you're not doing it for money because you're not getting a lot. Uh, you do it for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. So check your motives. Why are you friends with that person? Check your motives. Why do you spend time with that person? Check your motives. Why do you post that on social media? Check your motives. Right motives. God judges the motives. He looks at the motives. Why do you give motives? Why do you pray motives? I mean, you know, sometimes people pray so they can pray, P-R-E-Y. 
We got to be careful. Your motives. Why do I do what I do? Why do I preach what I preach? Why do I say what I say? Why do I look like I look? Why do I just post that picture? You know, a lot of times I'm just trying to motivate people. Uh, my wife encouraged me to um, post stuff about my social. I was just going to one day just show up with six pack, right? <laughs> it's like, how do you get there? But, but she's like, you know, people will know your journey. I got cousins from California to New York, all over uh, Arkansas. Say, thank you so much. You're motivated. I'm walking now. One cousin, you'll see her. She'll tag me. I'm trying to beat my cousin today. Thank, you. thank God. Motivation, right? My motive. So I'm posting. Not so I can look. I did 10,000 steps. No, 10,000 steps of hell. <laughs> and the night before me now, oh God, I gotta get this, this. And I wake up, oh God, this is my knees. God, Jesus, I need you. Oh God, oh God, why am I doing this mess? I just wanna be fat. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> True story. Forget six pack. God, I give, I give, I give my wife her six pack at the coming of Jesus. Oh God, oh God, oh God, forgive me, God. Oh. True story. Motivation. Right motives. Number two, do what you know to do. God expects you, God doesn't expect you to do what you don't know. He expects you to do what you know. What do you know to do right now? What was the last thing that God told you? From his word or by his spirit? He told me to pray. The Lord told me back in um, Jamaica. When, when did we go to Jamaica? 2007, we in, we in Kingston, Trenchtown, Jamaica. I was looking for Bob Marley people. Hey, what's up? Um, we're in Trenchtown, and, and the Lord says, I want you to get in shape. 2022, 2021, I started getting in shape. That's a long time. Do what you know to do. Number three, inquire of the Lord daily. God, should I be doing this? I'm not talking about what you, you know, like, should I feed my kid? No, you should feed your kid, right? Don't, be, don't get deep. Some people get deep. Look, should I put this clothes on? I mean, if, if the clothes is skank or stuff like that, you, yeah, you should ask the Lord, all right? I'm not talking about that. Um, you know, my mom bought me some, some workout shirts, Jesus represented. Woo! So, and today in prayer, I, I actually put on one today, and I got a check. It says that's going to distract people from the prayer. So let me just put on something simple so that it won't distract from what I'm saying. Um, sometimes um, even, you know, you don't want to be too loud. Where your clothes speak louder than your message. Or, 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 or your post blocks people from receiving from you. It, it, I know that if I say this on social media, then um, I, I'm, a door to my cousins will be closed. Or if I choose this political party, then my other friends that don't look like me will not receive me. So I got to be intentional and I got to do, I got to inquire of the Lord daily. I'm not talking about not, not being ashamed, but I just got to inquire of the Lord daily. So number three, you got to inquire of the Lord daily. Um, the next one, which connects to the message I preach, hopefully next, is cohort of faithful and fruitful people. You got to get a cohort of faithful and fruitful people. Everybody say Jesus. faithful Jesus. and fruitful. Jesus. Now, for those who don't know what a cohort is, it's a person's banded, a group together in a common cause. A group of persons with common characteristics. 
a, a, a companion or a colleague, a cohort. Jude says we, we all have this common salvation. All right. Last but not least is this. The wisdom of God. If you're going to be a fruitful Christian, you got to get wisdom. The Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. The word wisdom in the Greek means uh, so, Sophia, or Sophie, Sophie. And guess what? The wisdom of God includes the natural wisdom of this world. So it includes the wisdom that is from above and the wisdom that is natural. Give you an example. If you know um, there's some things you can do to extend your life and God has blessed men and women who may not be saved and yet they have, have done the research on something of how we should eat or how we should exercise, why not use that wisdom on top of the wisdom of God? Why not learning the natural things and allow God to put his super on the natural? If you know, if you do um, baby steps and, and um, the snowball effect from Dave Ramsey, natural things, why not get God's wisdom and include that on top of your confession, your faith, and it'll happen quicker? Um, if, if I can get wisdom, if, if, if I learn about the brain and the brain and how it works and how it operates, then I can get the wisdom of God that men and women have have spent their lives doing research on the human brain, and if it can help me, why wouldn't I use that? Some Christians are so deep, they, they want everything come come from God. And yet God gives us this natural wisdom that can be received through the wisdom of God. Are y'all with, with what I'm saying? I mean, you don't want to ignore the natural wisdom. If you know water is good for you and you're like, I wonder why I'm so tired or, you, or, or sleeping seven hours. They, this is what some re medical researchers have said. You need at least seven hours. Seven, everybody say seven hours. Seven. I hear some people are sleeping three. I'm hearing some people sleeping two. Some people are sleeping too long. Uh, the Bible tells us not to love sleep. That's wisdom. <laughs> if you love sleep, you're going to be poor. <laughs> they tell me that you can actually get researchers, not they tell me, who are they, right? That's what you want to know. The researchers, some researchers have said, if you sleep less than seven hours a day on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis, you're going to get diabetes. You can get diabetes for not sleeping enough. That motivated me to sleep seven hours. <laughs> like, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to make sure I sleep. So why not use the natural wisdom along with the wisdom of God? If I know that this is can save my teeth, listen, if you're praying for a healing and 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 but you're not doing what the doctor tells you to do, you're stupid. You don't want the healing. Unless God specifically told you not to do what the doctor told you to do, this man, this woman has spent years and decades in school in debt, and yet you won't listen to him. I just believe God myself. Okay, stupid, you're a doctor. That's why some people die early. They try, I believe in God. What happened? They were such, they did all the correct confessions. They didn't do what the doctor said. 
or the God told them not to do what the doctor said and they did it and then listen to what God said on the inside of them. If you don't, if you don't, listen, I go by just as much what God doesn't say as much as what he does say, spiritually speaking. I don't have to hear God tell me to walk down the steps or go down this road when there's traffic. If I see there's traffic and my GPS says there's traffic, I'm going to follow a better road. Are you with me? And some people's like, well, God didn't tell me that. Okay. Uh, you know, you, you're getting beat up, like physically beat up in a, in a marriage. Oh, no, let's just talk about relationship. In a relationship. Well, God didn't tell me to leave him. He's stupid. Leave. Run. I'm out. You, you, oh, you cussed me out? I'm, I'm done. Okay. It's a wrap. You will never see this face again. You will never feel my presence again. That's, you know what I'm saying? Like, y'all understand, right? If I know if I'm in Uganda and 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 it's dark outside and um and 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 there's snakes and there's there's animals and a dog as big as I am and and there's people trying to rob me, uh, I, I think it's the wisdom of God. I'm gonna stay in the house. Jesus is not calling me to witness at midnight in Uganda where there's no lights on the streets. The wisdom, I stay at home. <laughs> yeah, see me in the daytime. I'm not doing Nicodemus. I'm not coming by you by night. I'm going to be in the day. Anointed hours. <laughs> Are you with me? Incorporating the natural. So the wisdom of God. Well, the wisdom of God will help you to produce fruit. And wisdom is the principal thing. That's all I have for y'all. Did y'all get anything out of that? Every eye closed, every head bowed. And you hear and you say, Pastor Dwayne, I'm not born again. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to avoid. Jesus died for you. You are worth, you are worth dying for. Jesus died in your place. God has a place for you in his family. And today, if you feel and sense the knocking and the, the moving of the spirit on your heart, I want you to be bold. And raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to receive Jesus. Jesus died in your place. Today is your day of salvation. If you're not born again and would like to receive Christ for the first time, raise your hand. If you're here and you say, I was once living for Jesus, but I am in a backslidden condition. I've walked away from Jesus. I want to come back home, PD. I want to come back home. Is there one here? He says, you know, what? I want to claim my place in the kingdom. I walked away from father's house. Now I want to come back. Is there one? Either you want to be saved or you want to rededicate your life. And number three, he said, Pastor Dwayne, I heard you talk about speaking in tongues. And I want to receive this wonderful baptism. I cannot speak in tongues. I want to receive my, my prayer language. He said, that's me, Pastor Dwayne. I want to, I want to receive the baptism and speak in tongues. Is there one? And number four, if you're looking for a church home, he says, you know what? I like this church. You're funny sometimes. And uh, you're corny jokes, but I, I, I feel connected here. And I feel like the Lord is calling me to this place called Kingdom Living Ministries. I want you to raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to make this my home church. I want you to be my pastor and pray for me. Is there one? One of those four categories, either salvation, rededication, filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues, or join this wonderful growing church. And if you, the last one is, if you want to produce more fruit, and you said, for some reason, I have 
allow things to stop me from producing. I want to produce more. Granted, everybody wants to produce fruit. So in one sense, everybody can come to this altar call. That's not what I'm asking for. If you know what to do, just do it. But if you find yourself, you're stuck, and you just need that encouragement of prayer, I want you to raise your hand. It says, I'm stuck, and I don't know how to produce, but I believe through much prayers and more encouragement, I get, what, get to where I need to be. Say this prayer with me. There's no magic in the prayers, but just say this prayer and mean it with Say, Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you for giving me your spirit. I need you. This moment, I make a decision to be in daily contact with you, Jesus, so I can produce fruit. I want to be a fruitful Christian. Help me. Holy Spirit, you've been sent to empower me. I need your help. So help me to stay connected to the true vine and to endure the Father's pruning in Jesus' name. All right, um, so how many are going to do all these things, these five things? Let me see your hands. See your hands. I'm looking. Take pictures. <laughs> you know God's writing down everything. Jeremiah, I see you. Yeah. <laughs> um, write motives. Check your motives. Do what you know to do. Inquire the Lord daily. Cohort of faithful and fruitful people have wisdom. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for your people. We'll walk in what we know. We have pureness of heart. Thank you for surrounding, surrounding us with faithful and fruitful people. Pray for your wisdom. And pray that we would inquire of you daily for your glory. Pray as we leave this place, never from your presence. I thank you. A month from now, we'll see the fruit of this sermon. Two months from now, we will see the fruit of this sermon. A year from now, we will see the fruit of this sermon. Five years, 10 years, 20 years, and even to our last breath, We'll see the fruit of this sermon in Jesus' name. We will become fruitful Christians that you delight in. Spirit of living God, help us to produce fruit that will endure Jesus' fire. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Your time is part of the fruitfulness. What you do with your time is connected to your to how much fruit you'll produce. So pray for wisdom for your time. God is concerned about your time. Even if you waste one minute, he's concerned about that wasted one minute. He's concerned about time. And he tells us to redeem the time. So Holy Spirit, help us to redeem the time. In Jesus' name.
Amen. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail. The address is P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, that's R-A-N-C-O-C-A-S, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email. The address is partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to his word. Until next time, God bless you.